You are listening to the Gateway Church in Spring Lake, Michigan. To learn more, visit us at thegatewaygh.com. Well, good morning, church. Uh, it's good to be here with you and to see everyone's faces. And um, as I set up my notes, and I'm kind of new school, I guess. I go with my iPad, electronic. I know, Pastor, you do. Uh, kind of old school, maybe, with, with the notes. Pa- Jessica's like, yes, yes, he does. Um, so as I open this, I just, I hope, and, and, and my, my prayer is that uh, this morning, this, this message that uh, God, he, he, you know, chose me to communicate uh, to you this morning. I just hope that it encourages you, that some of you are in here right now, uh, and I don't know what you might be going through, but, but at the end of the day, God does. And so I hope that this, this word this morning is going to encourage you, but also inspire you, maybe open up your mind, your spirit, uh, have that connection to man. I, there's things that I can do that I've never even thought I could do before now. I hope it inspires you, but most importantly, I hope that it does instruct you as well. Um, with inspiration, I believe there, there needs to be instruction, you know, because then you're just, you're doing things and it might not be the way that God necessarily wants you to do it. You know, he, he will instruct you with that inspiration. So I just hope that uh, this morning it covers these, these three things. And, and we're in the book of Acts, as Pastor said. So if you wanted to open your Bibles to, that, to there, uh, Acts chapter 9, um, we'll be ending uh, this, this chapter with verses 32 through 43. And uh, these, these brief verses uh, focus on, on, on Peter, yes, his ministry. And for those of you that don't, no, Peter, we've been uh, getting a lot of Peter up until this point, just seeing uh, the calling that God had on his life, the purpose in which God uh, placed him, and, 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 and he is operating full functionally. He is using the, the, the power, the Holy Spirit power that we've been talking about with his healings, with his ministry. So we've been seeing a lot of Peter, and it's just been great. It's been inspiring, and Along with Peter, though, in this story are two characters that I'm just going to I'm going to point out. And and so uh, while Peter is important and he is a focus and normally when you read this text, it, you know, rightfully so. But I just man, when I'm reading this, when I was you know, a pastor, it came up to me about three, maybe four weeks, a month ago and asked if if this would be something that I would want to preach on. And and I said, yes, absolutely. And so as I was reading this text, these just two other characters were sticking out more so. Uh, the first character, uh, Aeneas, and the second one, Tabitha. And so we're just going to look at these two characters along with Peter and what he's doing in his mis- ministry. So uh, for those of you that have your Bibles, if you don't, don't worry, don't freak out. We always have it up on the screen uh, for you. So just read with me as, as I read aloud. And it says this, as Peter traveled about the country, he went to visit the Lord's people who lived in Lydda. There he found a man named Aeneas who was paralyzed and had been bedridden for eight years. Aeneas, Peter said to him, Jesus Christ heals you. Get up and roll up your mat. Immediately, Aeneas got up, and all those who lived in Lydda and Sharon saw him and turned to the Lord. And now in Joppa, there was a disciple named Tabitha, and it says here in Greek, her name is Dorcas, but we'll go with Tabitha for this morning. Uh, She was always doing good and helping the poor. About that time, she became sick and died, and her body was washed and placed in an upstairs room. 
Lydda was near Joppa, so when the disciples heard that Peter was in Lydda, they sent two men to him and urged him, please come at once, please, please come at once. And, and Peter went with them, and, and when he arrived, he was taken upstairs to the room. All the windows, or windows, widows, excuse me, stood around him, crying and showing him the robes and other clothing that Dorcas, again Tabitha, uh, had made while she was still with them. Peter sent them all out of the room. Then he got down on his knees and prayed. Turning toward the dead woman, he said, Tabitha, get up. She opened her eyes, and seeing Peter, she sat up. He took her by the hand and helped her, and helped her to her feet. And, and he called for all the believers, especially the widows, and presented her uh, to them alive. This became known all over Joppa, and many of the people believed in the Lord. And Peter stayed in Joppa, it says here now, for some time with a tanner named Simon. So within this story, we see these physical circumstances with Aeneas and with Tabitha. And with these physical circumstances, I want you to maybe, uh, again, open up your spirit, open up your mind and see the spiritual implications that are within these physical circumstances. Does that make sense? So I'm going to pray right now that actually, in fact, that we're able to do this and that the Lord would just open our hearts. Dear Jesus, we come to you this morning and we just ask, Lord, that within the next uh, minutes that we have here together, Lord God, that you are communicating to us things that, that we need to hear. There's the reason, there's a purpose for being in church this morning, and I believe it's, it's for your word. It's to hear from you, Lord God, a specific uh, uh, message, Lord, that we can take and use in our lives, day-to-day -day lives, no matter where we're at, no matter where we are, Lord God, that you would speak into us and that we would see things differently, we would hear things differently, and our lives would be transformed, Lord God. We ask this in your name. Amen. 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 So, Acts 9, we read these, these stories, and, and again, Peter is just doing these amazing things, amazing things, um, only things that God can do, specifically, you see, every time he is, he's asked to to step in, or he just steps in right away with Aeneas, right? We just see, he doesn't even say, usually in, in, in past healings, uh, Jesus earlier on, he says, what can I do for you? Like, here I am, what, so what can I do for you? Peter just kind of, with Aeneas, he says, listen, Aeneas, get up, you're healed, right? And so the Holy Spirit power is there, it's evident, and we see this, and, and that's great, but again, this morning, I want to get into the mindset of maybe a an Aeneas or of a Tabitha because I believe while there are a lot of us in here this morning that could be in the mindset of a Peter I'm not saying there are aren't any there, there, I, there is and I truly believe that and I see that and I feel that but I feel like there's a lot of people in here that might be in the mindset circumstance of an Aeneas of a Tabitha and we see here again I'm going to go back and just right off the bat Peter he's in Lydda and again he says, There's, there he found a man named Aeneas who was paralyzed and had been bedridden for eight years. Paralyzed and been bedridden. Paralyzed, paralyzed. He's been physically, yes, stopped. But in our lives, I wonder how many people are in here that have been stopped, paralyzed spiritually in our lives. 
You think about that? Does, does that make sense? How many of us, we've just been stopped before we even start? Now, it doesn't say that Aeneas was paralyzed from birth, nor does it say that he did previously walk, but then for these past eight years, he's been paralyzed. It doesn't say that, but he's been paralyzed nonetheless. He's been stopped before he's even started, before he's even stepped into or even found his purpose. It says he's even been bedridden. So not only that, but he's been stopped. He's been confined in this place and the bed for him. But how many of us, not only have we been stopped, but we've been confined maybe to an area in our lives where there's, there's thoughts that come through like, man, I used to be like this. I used to have this attitude. I used to act this way. I used to be, I'm just going to say, I used to be maybe a not so nice person. And we've been stopped. We think back to that and we get paralyzed and we're, man, I, I don't think I can go forward. Like, man, I just, and you stop and you, f whether it's doubt, whether it's fear, and it's crippling, it's paralyzing, and you stop and you're confined and, you're, and, and you, you put yourself in a prison. Instead of stepping into your purpose, it's already, you're confined to a prison, which is the opposite, the complete opposite of what Jesus wants for us in our lives. And I believe this. And so I'm, I'm reading this scripture. I'm like, man, reveal to me, reveal to me. And he's saying, well, there's people in this place right now that you're going to be preaching to Sunday morning that are paralyzed spiritually. And they're afraid to take that step, to even find the purpose that you have placed, that you have designed in their lives. And they're confining themselves to this prison. And so it was just uh, a thought that ran through my head, and I'm like, man, how true is that? How true? And not just for us in here, but for me. And I want you to know this, first of all. I want you to know anything that I, if I ever have an opportunity again to preach, and I'm sure I will, I'm never just preaching to you guys. I'm preaching to myself. I'm always preaching to myself. Because there's moments in my life growing up, I'm 27, yes, I'm still young, but earlier on, even younger, my younger years, there's things that I believed in which paralyzed me from going and stepping into the purpose that God has laid in my life came from a broken home, a divorced home at a young age. I grew up essentially uh, without a mother for a good majority of time, and then it kind of flip-flopped and grew up grew up without a m uh, father. And I said, man, J how can Jesus use me? I, I don't even have parents, essentially. I don't even have someone who's speaking in my life, investing in me, and, and that fear to do anything to, to to step forward and to make a difference, to, to help create change, I kind of just, I would stop. I'd shrink back, and I'd imprison myself. And, and the second thing this morning, I just, again, like, I want to communicate this in a way that inspires you, that encourages you to say, listen, I'm not going to sit here anymore. I'm not going to be paralyzed. And, oh, again, this isn't just a monologue. I'm not up here. We can dialogue. We can talk. I want you, if, man, if God is putting something in my heart, you can, you can show it. I'm not afraid. I come from the east side of the state, the metro Detroit area. So the Marins, we got, we got some things in common. Like, if you want to talk to me, cool, I'll talk back to you. We'll talk, and this won't just be a monologue. Like I said, it'll be a dialogue. And so we see this story of Aeneas, right? I mentioned uh, I'm going through it again, and he's, he's paralyzed, bedridden, and 
And that's our response, right? I, I just mentioned all those things. Our response is, man, I can't. But this is the cool part. This is the awesome part. Watch what Peter says. But it's not. Pe- it's what God says through Peter. I don't want you to miss that. It's never Peter. The th- coolest thing about Peter and even in the soap reading, um, I was reading about Joseph and just his response after response. It's never him. It's never us. It's always God. Always. Ten times out of ten times. It is always God communicating through us. And he says this. He says, Aeneas, he just, he doesn't even ask. He's not, what can I do for you? He's not even, he's trying to emulate Jesus, uh, the teacher, the rabbi. He doesn't even do that. He says, Aeneas, get up and walk. And what does it say? Get up, roll up your mat. And immediately Aeneas got up. And all the people that were there around, they saw this. And they turned towards God. Turned towards God. You can take that as they started to believe in God. They believed in him. And God and the enemy, both sides, both, both sides, I believe, are always speaking things into our lives. Speaking things into our lives. And it's us to receive whatever is spoken to us. God's always speaking. He's always talking. The enemy, God, uh, the enemy, Satan, whatever you want to call him, speaking things. And so it puts us in a position of, man, what am I going to listen to? God wants to reveal truth while the enemy wants to remind us of faults. Right? God says, listen, you're more than your situation. You're more than the state that you're in. You're in this paralyzed state. I don't know. You're doubting. You have fear. But you're more than this. I've called you. I'm waiting to show you your purpose. He's saying, he's speaking this, he's speaking this, right? But on the other side, the enemy, devil, Satan, saying, listen, you can't do it. You think you can do this? And he'll remind you of things. He'll remind you of faults. And he's the re- he reminds and he deceives. And he'll tell you things like, man, don't you remember how you treated that one person the other day? Yeah, remember at the grocery store? They were just walking kind of slow in front of you, and you just got so mad because you were in a rush, and how can you ever uh, care about someone if you can't even have, uh, you know, uh, you have a lack of patience with this person. How can you even care for someone that you, ju- you just get so mad? You get so angry. You get so frustrated, and he'll just remind you of things. The relationship that you had, remember the fallout, and you just, you weren't forgiving? Like, you didn't have that, that, that heart to forgive. Remember that? How can you ever have a relationship moving forward. Like, there's no way. And so he's speaking these things, speaking things, speaking things. But God's over here, and he's speaking right back. He's like, no, listen, you're more than that. Don't listen to that. Don't listen to that. I'm speaking life into you. Listen to what I'm saying, because what I'm saying is the way, the truth, and the life. And, but you got to pick. You got to choose. And so the first thing is the enemy. And I want to I wanna just highlight things that both sides are trying to speak. So I'm going to highlight, I'm going to shed some light on what the enemy wants to speak. The enemy wants to speak into your life distractions. He wants to distract. Distract. What can I do? What can I do to distract? What can I, how can I get them off? It says here, I mean, if you read the Bible in John, right, John 10, 10, and it says this, it says, the enemy comes, he's like a thief to what? To steal, kill, and destroy. All right, there we go. We're monolo- or dialogue, I love, it. I love it. He comes to steal. And so if he can steal your attention and distract you, 
on these lies that he's putting in to your head, these thoughts, well, then he doesn't have to get to the, the kill and destroy. Listen, he, w- he wants to do, trust me, he wants to stop you from advancing the kingdom. But he doesn't have to always kill. He doesn't always have to destroy. He can just distract. And if it distracts you, so much so that you're enwrapped in fear, doubt, worry, anxiety, you will never make that first initial step in finding out your purpose, the purpose that God has for you. Does that make sense this morning? Does that make sense how we follow? Distractions. He wants to start, uh, stop before we even start, before we even find our purpose. And I'll remind you again. He'll remind you of the past. That's the thing. The enemy doesn't like the future. He doesn't know the future. But he, he just knows that God is the future, and he's in control of everything. But the only thing that he does know is your past. So it just keep shooting out the past at you. <laughs> attack after attack after attack. The past, the past, the past. He wants to remind you of the past to keep you from your future. To keep you stuck. As we see in the story right here with Aeneas. He's stuck. He's paralyzed. He's com- confined to his bed. He's bedridden. And so that's what the enemy wants to do. He wants to paralyze you so much so that you don't even find this purpose. And I love this series. I love, again, for those of you that are here, it's this overarching theme of we are a church with purpose. First part, first section was we are created for purpose. We're here in the second part. It's finding your purpose. And I want you to be able to find your purpose this morning. Some of you are in here and you're struggling with that right now. Like, man, what is my purpose? What is it? What is it that God wants for me? I know all these things about me. I know all my inadequacies, my deficiencies, my faults. I know that. I know it's true. But God's saying, listen, I know that too. I know that too. And listen, where maybe you lack some patience, maybe you lack strength, maybe you lack discipline, I will give you that. I will give you the strength. I will speak that into your life. Just as Peter did. He spoke, right? He spoke into Aeneas' life. And it says, he rose. He picked up his mat. And I always, I get stuck on this part. And I mentioned um, Sunday night within a youth service. I mentioned this. Um, We tend, it's kind of like a human condition to put a, a period where God has placed a comma. And we get so paralyzed that we just, period. Well, I am not smart enough, period, okay. It's like, no, you're not smart enough, comma, but I am. I don't know if I can do this, uh, period. It's like, I don't know if I can do this, but I know I can do it through you because I'm the Lord. I'm going to give you the strength. So we write a period where a comma should be. God's always placing commas, commas, commas. The text I read Sunday night had like 13 commas in it. It's crazy. God was like, comma here, comma there, comma here. I want to do this in you. I want to do that. I want to do this through you, not just for you, but through you. And that's what he's saying. Saying, man, you're placing a period. You're paralyzed right now. But I'm speaking into your life. I'm going to resurrect something that might be on the verge of death right now. I'm placing a comma. 
the thing is, if he can't distract, if he can't grab a hold of your attention, a lot of us in here, maybe we are in our purpose right now. Maybe we found our purpose. Maybe God has spoken into your life. Listen, this is what I, I have for you. Like, I've called you to be a husband. I've called you to be a spiritual leader. I've called you to be a mom. I've called you to raise these children. I've called you to be in a, in a work environment that, yeah, you don't like, but I've called you to it because you're going to be the light in this dark place. There's things that God is calling us. He's calling us. He's calling us. Maybe some of you are in that calling right now. You're in that purpose. And so maybe you're kind of, you, you're more relating with the story of Tabitha. And so the thing is, if, if the enemy can't distract, then he'll speak. Ultimately, all, all signs lead to this. He'll speak death into your life. He'll speak death over you. And that's the second, second part I want to highlight if you're taking notes. You, he wants to speak death. Because once you step into it, it's on. You've upped your game. You're advancing the kingdom of God. And the devil sees that, he knows that, and he's going to, okay, he's going to do everything he can now to kill and destroy, right? Thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. Some of you might be more so, more so relating to Tabitha. And it says here in, in the text, uh, she lived in Joppa, right? In Joppa, disciple named Tabitha, she was always doing good and helping the poor. About that time, she became sick and died, and her body was washed and placed in the upstairs room. And as I, as I was reading this text, it was just sticking out to me. She was always doing good, always doing good, always doing good. And about that time, look, look at, look at, you put it back on the screen, guys. Look, she was always doing good, and about that time. It doesn't always seem to happen like that. In our lives, she's always doing good, always doing good. Man, I'm always, I'm always trying to, to wake up, to go to my job, my nine to five. I'm always doing good. I'm always trying to provide for my family. I'm always trying to pack the kids' lunches. I'm always trying to make sure they don't smell and, and are dirty before they leave to go to school, right? I'm always trying to make sure I'm the best manager. I'm the best boss I can possibly. I'm always trying. I'm always trying to do good. I'm always, ser I'm always serving in, in uh, Connect Kids or in early childhood ministry. I'm always giving my time. I'm always coming. Uh, I'm, I'm always a part of our spring stock up. I'm always doing good, always doing good about that time, about that time. Again, as I was reading this text, it just stuck out to me differently. It stuck out to me differently because about that time, what, what happens after that? She gets sick. She dies. Now, I don't know. I can't speak on behalf of Tabitha, but again, I'm, I'm reading this text. I'm like, man, what are you trying to communicate to me? What are you trying to communicate to others? When we're in our purpose, when we're operating in our purpose, the enemy wants to come in, right, through, through doubt, through, again, fear. He's trying to speak. And, and it's in about that time that we start, I believe, to question our purpose, right? Doesn't that, I mean, if you're always trying to, to give your best, your, what you have to the kingdom, is it just me? Is it, I mean, this is where the dialogue kicks in. Is it just me or is it just that? But I'm serious, like, 
when we're always doing things, when we're always working hard, we're always just trying to get, we're trying to be a good mother, trying to be a good father, trying to be a good co, trying to be a good relative. It's just over and over and over and over again. And fatigue could set in and creep in. And with fatigue comes doubt. It just creeps its way in. Is there more to my purpose? Is there more to just doing this right now that I'm, is there more than just me making sure my kids are, or say, hopefully they learn a thing or two at school and come back? Is, it, is there more than, than just stocking these shelves at Target day in and day out, waking up early, going in, unloading the truck? Is there more to this? Is there more to my purpose, more than what you called me to? Am I really, this is a big one, am I really making a difference? Am I really advancing the kingdom? How many of you struggle with that one? Me as a millennial, I, I do even the younger generation, am I making a difference? Am I important? Let's take another, am I even important enough to make a difference, to create change? And we keep going through this. We keep going, always doing good, always doing good. And in that time, she became sick and died. Again, it says, and her body was then washed. This is ceremony placed upstairs. And and the enemy wants to, man, if he can't distract, he'll speak death. And the way he does that is through doubt. And he'll just start to have you doubt your confidence. Your confidence. Your, your inner confidence. Call it what you will. Uh, you know, what you believe in. The strength that you call upon. He'll have you doubt that. Your confidence. Your confidence. And that, once he attacks that, so much so that it, it goes all the way down here, that's when he knows that he has you. And some of the ways that it depletes, it gets down, your confidence diminishes is because, man, I'm not seeing things. I'm not seeing things happen. Right? We're doing these and we're we're kind of we're in the process right now. Like you're in the process of of trying to make change, trying to have your purpose, uh, make a difference, and you're just you're not you're not able to see some things happen, like visually. But I just want to encourage you today, no matter where you're at, no matter what you're doing, that change is happening. People are being affected. Lives are being changed. Your sacrifice, so I want you to hear this, your sacrifice, when you get up, when the, sac- the time that you're not spending with your kids because you're at work trying to provide for them, to give them a roof over their heads, a bed to sleep in, a meal to eat, it's worth it. You're making a difference. Mom's in here. That my, I don't know if it's because Mother Mother, Mother's Appreciation Day is coming around the corner, but Mom's is just on my heart. What you do matters. What you speak in your kids' lives matter. The story that you read to them before you tuck them in, it matters. You're changing their lives. You're changing their lives. Does this matter? It does. And I love the pa- pastor says this, don't let your lack of confidence become the death of your calling. I'm going to say one more time, don't let the lack of your confidence become the death of your calling. Confidence, he'll attack your confidence. And he'll speak death over you. You can't do it. You won't make it. You're not smart enough. You're not good enough. You don't work hard enough. And he'll attack, and he'll attack, and he'll attack, and he'll attack. It's your confidence. But it's funny because when he speaks this to diminish our confidence, I remember Christ saying this through someone else, but it was Paul, 
do we know the apostle? We just talked about him last Sunday. He says this, right? He says, being confident in this, that he who began a good work in you will see it through to completion. We'll see it through to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. If he started something in your life, if he showed you, listen, if he showed you your purpose, and you said, Lord, I accept the purpose that you have placed before me, and you step into your purpose, and you're operating in your purpose, I am telling you that there is power within the purpose that he who started a good work in you will see it through. I don't know if I'm making a difference. Am I making a difference? It doesn't matter about that. It's because God has called you to that purpose. You can't see it. it. That's okay because God sees you. He sees where you're at, and you need to be confident in that. You need to be confident in your purpose. And so hopefully, again, some of you today, you might be lacking. You might be paralyzed. Some of you, you might be kind of slacking right now, and you're like, man, my confidence is a mission. I'm just trying to tell you today that there is purpose in what God has called you. There is. We be confident. We got to value that. Sometimes we, we look more for the appreciation, our confidence, right? My confidence doesn't come from the appreciation of others. It comes from the, uh, it comes from, um, what did I have down my mind? It comes from the affirmation of God. It's nice. The appreciation's nice. I love it. It keeps us going. Don't get me wrong. I like to be appreciated. But it's not about, it's about the affirmation that God has spoken into your life to keep you going forward. And we're going to wrap this up. I don't have much time. So I'm going to, I'm going to show you and tell you two things that God is, so the enemy, he's speaking some things, reminding you of your faults. But there's things that God is trying to speak into your life. And it's this, he wants to speak deliverance and he wants to speak direction. Where the enemy speaks death, just death, ultimately death. You can't do it. You can't make it. God wants to speak life. He wants to deliver you from that. And where the enemy, man, where the enemy wants to distract God, he simply wants to instruct. He wants to direct you. Those are two things that God comes back with and wants to speak into your life. He wants to deliver you. It says here, at the end of, of this text, Peter sent them, them being the widows, all out of the room, and he got down on his knees, and he prayed, and turned toward the dead woman. He said, Tabitha, get up. She opened her eyes, and seeing Peter, she sat up, and he took her by the hand and helped her to her feet. God wants to speak life. He wants to speak life. He is the word, Right? He is the living word. He is the way, the truth, and the life. And he wants to speak that into your life. It does not exclude you. You do not have to be someone who is so smart, who has, uh, you know, unlimited capacity, right, to understand scripture or to be, you know, wealthy. It breaks beyond the socioeconomic status. It breaks beyond popularity. God wants to speak life into you no matter who you are, no matter your circumstance, no matter if you're paralyzed right now. He wants to speak into you no matter if you're trying to find your purpose, the significance. He wants to speak into you, into your life. He wants to give you that. He wants to give you life and 
and he wants to do it in a way th- where he can direct you, right? It says p- he took her by the hand. He took her by the hand. Yeah, physically, like, he helped, but spiritually, God wants to be there for you to help direct you. He's overseeing every, all this. He's running the show. I, I tell people this all the time, other youth pastors or students, man, if God brought you this far, he's not going to leave you. He's not going to leave your side. You think he brought you this far to just leave you? You think you got through all the, the stuff, all the, I wanted to say crap. Oop, there it is. You think he got you through all that stuff, all that junk? I'm sorry, pardon my friend. But you think he got through all of that to just leave you? No, sir, think about it. All the things that you, and we forget to do this. We forget to just remember, and I love how we had communion. Think of all the things he's gotten you through. Think of all the things, all the doubt, all the depression, all the addiction, all of the uh, moments and where uh, relationships exploded and diminished and fell apart. He got you through all of that to get you to where you are right now. And where you are placed right now, where you are planted right now, there's purpose. There's purpose. And as we close, Pastor Bobby, can you come up and, and play some something amazing on your acoustic guitar? Because <laughs> everything is always more spiritual when you play on the guitar at the end. <laughs> but all jokes aside, all jokes aside, all jokes aside, all jokes aside, as we end and I really want you, again, to receive this, to receive this word, to to be encouraged, to be inspired. You came here to, I tell students that you're here for a reason, you're here for a purpose. Sometimes they might just think I say that to say that. I don't. I look at the things God's done in my life, where I started to where I am now, to how he's blessed me over and over and over again. I look at the times where I struggled, times where I've always just tried to do good. I'm, I'm always, I'm working this job, I'm getting up where I'm working two jobs, I'm starting to, I've looked at that from to now and how he's got me from there. Some moms, again, I'm getting back to the moms. Some of the moms here, listen, what you do matters. Those lunches you pack, they matter. Last time I checked, Jesus used the lunch a little boy's lunch. You think the boy packed that lunch himself? No. <laughs> His mom packed that lunch. What did he do? He took that lunch, he multiplied it. He fed 5,000. And that was just documented. More like 10, 12,000. What you do matters. Your purpose matters. Can we do this? Can we stand up? It was a close service. I just wanted to address two crowds. The first one, no one's looking around at this time. You know, if you wanted to respectfully, just bow your head, close your eyes. And I'm just asking you right now, if you are in this place and you don't have this relationship with with Jesus, all this is kind of foreign to you. You're like, listen, Pastor Bruce, I've heard your message. I get it, but man, I don't even have that relationship with Christ. It's just non-existent. Or maybe some of you are kind of on the fence right now. You're wavering. You want to rededicate maybe. You're like, I just want to give this opportunity for those individuals I might be here. So on the count of three, no one's looking around again, being respectful. If that's you, if you're in this place, can you just slip your hand up in the air? One, two, three. 
You slip it up and you put it back down. And the second group I want to, to talk to right now is maybe some of you are in here and you're like Aeneas. Maybe you're paralyzed. You just, you've let your fear, you've let your doubt, you've let your worries, you've let your uh, dysfunction, you've let your inadequacies keep you from stepping into your purpose, defining that purpose that God is wanting to give you, wanting to place for you. Or you are like a Tabitha who you're in your purpose right now and you're trying to walk it out. You're trying to do everything you can do over and you do it over and over again. And man, is this making any uh, impact? Is this making any difference? Maybe that's you this morning. And for those two audiences right now, I just want to ask if that is you on the count of three, if you can slip your hand up in the air, because what I want to do, I want to pray for you. And I want to encourage you and partner with you and empower you. So if that's you, on the count of three, I want to see some hands raised in the name of Jesus. One, two, three. Yes, hands everywhere. Everywhere, yes. You can just slip them back down. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Dear Lord, for those that raise their hand, maybe they're in a situation of a, a Aeneas, of a Tabitha, Lord God, I just want to speak life into their situation right now through your words, not mine, but you, Lord God, and I just want to remind them that there is power in whatever it is that you are speaking into their lives, Lord God. The, the enemy is right there shooting things at them, trying to diminish their confidence, Lord God, but I just pray that you bring a rejuvenating power, Lord God, that the Holy Spirit, Lord Jesus, will continue to move, continue to work in them, Lord God, that it is all for you and for your kingdom, Lord God, and that what they do on a day in and day out basis. It matters. It has purpose. It has impact, Lord God, and it will further your kingdom, Lord Jesus. That is what I pray this morning over this audience, Lord God. And, and Lord, as we leave here, Lord Jesus, I just ask that you, Lord God, would continue to do what you started, Lord God. You continue to do what you started until you see it through to completion, Lord Jesus. Lord Jesus. Church, can we do this? Can we say a prayer together for those that raised their hand that said, man, listen, I need, I want Jesus. I need this Jesus in my life. Can we do this as a church? Again, it's not the words that you say. It is what you believe in your heart. If you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart, and Jesus Christ, uh, he died, he rose for you, He, you are saved. You receive that gift of salvation. Can we do this? Can we, can we pray this together? Can you repeat after me? Dear Jesus, I recognize what you've done for me. I believe that you came, that you died to give me life. So take my life. Forgive me of my sins. Start anew in me. Be with me. Love me, strengthen me, encourage me all the days of my life. I give it to you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Can we do this? Can we, get, can we clap? Can we give a hand clap for those that raised their hand that needed Jesus? Amen. Amen. With that said, I'm going to invite Pastor Ben to come up and close real quick. Thanks, Bruce. Let's uh, hear it for Pastor Bruce. Nice job. I love it. Do, do not let the enemy distract you. Amen? Do not let him put death to the purpose in your life. Instead, 
He's a deliverer, and he's there to give us direction every step of the way. And so as we walk out of here, we're going to walk by faith, and we're going to walk into our purpose, and God's going to be with us every step of the way. Thanks again, Pastor Bruce. Uh, Lord, go before us, behind us, and all around us. Give us a great week living out the purpose. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. Go in the grace of God. Amen. Thank you for listening to this week's message from the Gateway Church. If you'd like to find out more about our church, such as service times, giving, and ways to get connected, visit us at thegatewaygh.com.